0: Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Friday the 9th of December. It's nearly Christmas. What is it? A couple of weeks away. Fantastic stuff. I know, Johnny, you love Christmas so much, but it's great to see you joining us on the video uh, this morning. Uh, and Adam Thornton as well. Firstly, Adam, great to have you back on. How are we doing? Doing very good, thank you. I'm a massive
1: fan of Christmas. Um, always have been, and with two little kids, it's, uh, it's getting pretty exciting. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Although you say that, I notice a distinct lack of decoration behind you.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to do a Stevie and have pathetic looking <laughs> tinsel behind me, so I thought I'd just go bare. <laughs>
2: I'm going to defend Stevie he's not here. I thought his tinsel looked fine.
1: It's a wee bit limp. I won't say anything else about it, but it looked a little yeah. bit limp.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got a uh, Jaws
2: poster we'll... in the background, that's me. <laughs> a, jo- a Jaws
0: poster? Yeah.
2: Is that it's Nothing is, on the wall.
0: says Christmas quite like Jaws, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> crack on. Uh, Folk are tuning in to talk about Rangers, of course. And there's uh, quite a bit to talk about, of course. Back to action tomorrow. Cannot wait for that. You might just be a friendly, uh, but it's great to see Rangers uh, back in action and, of course, under a new management regime. Before we talk about that, folks, you can see the little ticker below uh, for our Christmas offer we've got on just now. So many of you taking advantage of it and subscribing, not only to uh, our YouTube channel. Thanks very much for that. Over 10,000 subscribers now, uh, but also the website. Um, Head over to Rangers Review u.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details just a pound for two months worth of content you will not be disappointed i assure you uh, as a great deal we've got on just now and okay before we look ahead to the match tomorrow guys see news uh, this morning you can find this uh, on the website Uh, barry ferguson uh, has criticized rangers for not making a move ...for his nephew, Lewis, before Bologna came in uh, and signed him from Aberdeen. He moved there, of course, for a, a reported fee, around about £3 million, I think it was. Um, Rangers were I think they were heavily linked with uh, Lewis for some time before he, he made that switch to Italy. However, Barry said uh, for £2 million, it wasn't even a gamble. On one hand, I was shocked that Rangers didn't show any interest whatsoever in him... But on the other, I wasn't even remotely surprised if that makes any sense. Rangers have always looked on their doorstep for the best young talent from the likes of Ryan Jack. Way back to the days of Neil McCann bringing in the best emerging Scottish talent is important for the club's identity. Lewis fitted that bill perfectly, but Rangers missed a trick with him as well as one or two others. Um, what do you make of this from from Barry, uh, Johnny? Um, I think you, you've spoken before about... Um, the need to sign Scottish talent. I think Lewis Ferguson would fit the bill in many areas and facets for Rangers. However, they were never uh, interested in
2: bringing him to Ibrox. Did they miss a trick there? Well, first of all, I would say uncle upset at nephew (laughs) not being signed for his beloved team. There's a shock. Um, But listen, Barry does have a point, I think, on this one. And I've been saying it for quite some time. I felt Lewis Ferguson was a player who had some scope for growth in his game. It's easy to say, well, he's an Aberdeen player, really. Is he going to be good enough for for Rangers? Which is kind of what you often get about Scottish players. I was talking about this yesterday. You look at what he's done in Serie A for Bologna already. Nine appearances in the league, three goals. That's not bad going, is it? Let's be honest. He's had a number of substitute appearances, I think, amongst them. Only uh, 510 minutes in those nine appearances. So, you know, he's, he's made an impression. He's also played in the uh, Italian Cup and uh, and uh, he's played for Scotland, obviously, in the, the Nations yeah. League so far this season. I think Lewis is a player that is destined to do pretty well over there in Italy. And there's a number of Scots, I think, going across there and benefiting from their, their time in that league. And who wouldn't? Because the ta- the tactical and technical expertise you're going to get playing in Italy are a perfect complement to the physical and mental strength that Scottish players already have in their locker. So it's an ideal league for young players, in my view, um, from Scotland to go along and develop themselves. Do I think that that two million figure that Barry's quoted is right? Pfft, I'd be surprised if Aberdeen would have let them go to, to Rangers for the same price as Bologna. That's a very yeah. difficult for the, for one for them to sell to their fans, We know that Aberdeen fans see Rangers as a rival. I'm not sure it's the same in the opposite Mm -hmm. direction, but um, they have a fan base, a big fan base, that they have to uh, speak to. And uh, the PR and the optics around selling players to Rangers is never good. We've seen that in the past. Um, From David Robertson to Ryan Jack, there has been issues there for the players that have made that move. So... Potentially, it would have been more expensive than that. You'd have to imagine. I I think Aberdee would have much, much preferred to send him to Italy than send him to Rangers. But having said all that, I'm going to say I do agree with Barry. I think Lewis Ferguson would have been a good option for us. Um, He would have been a good um, signing. He would have been a guy who could have injected a bit of energy and box-to-box power into this team. He's good at set pieces. He's a threat. From those situations, he can make a tackle, he can score a goal, he knows the league. I'm not saying he would have walked into the first team and been a a, a player straight away, but given his age, I think he would have been a, a decent acquisition that would have stood the club in good stead. I also just think it's interesting that, that Barry, and I'll quote, this is a quote dripping with uh, venom, isn't it? I wasn't surprised if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, if that... <laughs> yeah. that you don't need to be a body yes. language expert or a linguistic university graduate to understand who's he having a go at there, Johnny? Ross Wilson, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so listen, as I say, you've got to take it into context of Barry Ferguson being his uncle, but I do think Lewis Ferguson was a player that, that could have been a good signer for Rangers.
0: What do you make at this point, Uh, Adam? d Max says he'd done absolutely nothing at Aberdeen to merit a move to Ibrox. (laughs) I have seen snippets of him in Italy. They they, they do seem to be loving him over there. Would he have done a job for Rangers? Um, It's a a difficult one because I I think we, we look at it and we
1: think doing well for Bologna, okay, that's great. What Bologna need from midfield is completely different to what Rangers need from midfield, in my opinion. I think Rangers are dying for creativity in there, whether it's deeper uh, a number oh, six role or whether it's um as a number eight, they're calling out for it. That's exactly what we need to look, unpick these teams. Um for me it would be it would be come down to does John Lundstrom play or does Lewis Ferguson play? Um, and right now, at this point, I would think it's John Lundstrom, especially when you factor in, as Johnny said, it's going to be two to three million pounds. We didn't have that in the summer. Yes, we can argue we spent it on Matondo and we spent it on Yilmaz. Those areas needed priority as well. So if there had been more money available, possibly, um, that's absolutely fine. But I don't think Lewis Ferguson has the creative parts of his game um, or the playmaking parts of his game that are what we need right now. We've got Ryan Jack, we've got James Sands, we've got John Lundstrom who can do that sort of breaking up neat and tidy maybe getting forward in in the case of, of a few of them as well. So in terms of where we were in the summer, right there, I'm not sure there was a place for Ferguson. He can be doing well in Bologna, but like I said, Bologna aren't going to have as much of the ball as most of the teams in their league. They're going to be a bit more of a kind of all-action energy type thing. Hmm. A squad player, if you, if you want to call it that, or someone coming in with a time to develop, absolutely, but we've seen what happens when we sign Matondo and Yelmaz as squad players in time to develop. They're Instantly cast as waste of money or or, or rubbish. So um, I'm not sure. I don't think we had two and a half, three million pounds to to give to Aberdeen in the summer anyway. So it's a bit of a moot point, but I also don't think in terms of what Rangers actually need in there, um, he fits the bill. Maybe next summer um, when we're getting, if, if Jack and Arfield, etc are, are are moving on, then possibly that might've been one, but the ship has sailed. And I, I think it's the same for, for, some of the other players as well, like Josh Doig. I've seen people saying, "Oh, we 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 should have, we should have had him. We should have had him." Yeah. I think we get quoted about about the same as what he went for. Um, and we had Calvin Bassey come in that summer, so it's uh you can't say it's a missed opportunity when Calvin Bassey came in instead, basically, and went for twenty five million. So, looking back at it now with hindsight, should we have signed Josh Doig? Maybe I thought he was quite good that that first season he came he came through. Should we have signed them? Possibly. Should we have sold Barisic and went with Josh Doig and Calvin Bassey? I feel like that's, that's a debate you could have. But in that summer, it was Doig for a good few million when we had no money or Calvin Bassey coming in. So I get the optics of Scottish players going abroad that we could have had, but the realistic sense of it is I don't think it was ever possible. And I think it's probably the same with Ferguson for the, the reasons I said.
2: Yeah, Derek, like, I know exactly what Adam's saying there, and yep. I agree with him about the creativity through the midfields, um, but I actually think we need a root and branch midfield um, up, oh, yeah. uplift basically at Rangers, yep. and I'm not sure you can rely on Ryan Jack in the long term. Um He's had such big fitness issues over the last couple of years. I don't know what the situation is with his contract obviously expiring at the end of the season. Stephen Davis is is of an age where you're probably looking at him uh, calling it time at the end of this season as well. I think getting a player like Lewis Ferguson in the summer with the ability to develop through the course of this season and just add a bit of uh, grit, determination, box-to-box energy would have given something to this side. But I accept what Adam's saying. I don't think, by the way, he is quite a carbon copy of... um, Lundström. He's, he's not as physical as Lundström. I think he's a bit more technical in his in his play. That's not something that you're going to probably see fully from his time at Aberdeen. I know people who have watched him at Scotland under-21s and under-18s. One of my close friends in journalism covers those areas and often says highly technically underrated and much closer in terms of a skill set to his uncle than people realise. Um, but it's hard to show that if you're in a team Whose modus operandi is kind of a battling yeah. side looking to, and that was the key. That was the case under McInnes. And obviously, Stephen Glass came in and tried to change that. And uh, I think once again, John uh, Jim Goodwin has kind of tried to adapt them more. They're certainly racking up a few goals uh, this season. Um, but regardless, under the, the period that uh, Lewis Ferguson was there, I, I don't think it was really playing to his strengths, but. Listen, I agree with Adam. Fundamentally, if you're talking about one player coming into that midfield, it needs to be a creative midfielder. There's, there's no doubt about that. But I'm coming at it from a position of wanting to have everything. Yeah. And uh, I think what we're seeing now with the benefit of hindsight, and it's always easy with hindsight, so this is not a criticism of Ross Wilson or anyone else at the club, Um, but I think what we're seeing now is Rangers have struggled this season on the basis that, for me the midfield is, mis- is malfunctioning, fundamentally. Yep. There are other areas of the team that have got problems, but the biggest area on the team is a lack of legs, a lack of power, a lack of aggression in midfield. And I'm a great believer if we're going to see an improvement in old form games, if we're going to see an improvement in the way Rangers play Celtic, I think Rangers have to go physical, and I'm not saying you you lose the technical quality. You, you have to retain that because you're not going to be able to get past the low block if you don't have technical quality. But I remember when Walter Smith came in, he looked at that Strachan side and he went physical on them. And I think you have to look at that Ange Postecoglou side. They're all diminutive guys who are good with the ball. Then you go muscular, you go physical, and... You, you, you try a different style of football, more direct against them. I think that can fit into Bealball without being Wimbledon. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about a more physically robust style in these type of games. Someone like Lewis Ferguson could have added that. Um, I don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I think you're right. If we're talking about we have no one there um, in central midfield and we're starting from scratch, like you said, I absolutely think someone of that energy uh, coming in. We obviously need to factor in as well. Cost there. How much money do we have to um refresh that midfield, whether it was last summer or, or this summer, and does that fit into the budget? But yeah, absolutely someone with I don't want to just say he's got battling qualities, like you said, he, he probably is quite underrated and he could go on and blossom and his playmaking skills, etc., could come out when he if he moves to I've seen him being linked with Juventus, etc. Um it, it, it could happen. Um I just think where we are just now with all the factors we've mentioned in terms of cost, in terms of players that we still have under contract, in terms of um, the budget that we had, and clearly we didn't think midfield was a priority in the summer when 99% of Rangers fans thought, personally I thought we needed two starting centre midfielders in in the summer. Um, You could argue we've got Maybe one of them, whether it's Tillman or Lawrence, pulling back in the midfield. Personally, I, I still thought we needed more. Um, so you could argue that Ferguson might have come in and done more than than what we have seen this this window. Um, I just felt like that creativity was needed as well. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting debate point.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get to some of the the comments that are coming in uh, this morning. First of all, I want to send my condolences to to James Strachan, gets in touch. He says, RIP, my big cousin. I'll be watching the service on the internet today. He was a huge supporter of Rangers his entire life, taken too early. Uh, My condolences to his wife, kids and the rest of the family. And then the same from from us, James, Mm -hmm. as well. That's it. Uh, sorry to hear your loss um, uh, for that one. Um, absolutely. Um, Alexander Cameron uh, gets in touch. Uh, good morning, everyone. I've had my, my course Monday to Thursday, so I haven't been on recently. I'm going to be graduating next Wednesday, but it's going to be great. So uh, congratulations, Alexander, uh, and all the best uh, for that. Um, some other comments coming in here. Uh, I love this. this uh, Ranger supporters traveling from far and wide. The, the, the real action kicks off, of course, next Thursday. Uh, Thomas gets in touch. Coming up from Aberystwyth to the Hibs game, his first game of the season. Uh, well, hopefully it's a winning one, uh, Thomas. And um, yeah, Aberystwyth's a, a lovely part of the world down there. Uh, and hopefully uh, you're celebrating three points under Michael Beale, and what will be his first competitive match in charge. He has his first match in charge uh, tomorrow, of course, gents, uh, when Bayer Leverkusen, come to town in a, a friendly match. Uh, it's an interesting game, this one, um, in terms of team selection. Now, we know Bonabaric is away with Croatia at the World Cup. Uh, Ridvan Joma, as it remains to be seen, if he is uh, fit again from from his hamstring injury, I would uh, hazard a guess that he won't be. Um, so uh, it remains to be seen who will be playing at left-back. In other positions as well, Johnny, but um, left-back for me, there's a number of candidates Leon King is very versatile across the back. Ben Davis, I've been told, can can play there. Um, you've also got Adam Devine who can can play at both uh, full-back positions. it be interesting to see who plays there. Is there any other positions that it'll be intriguing to see who starts?
2: I suppose the thing that I'm most interested in is just the shape of the site. Mm. Uh, rather than, than the selection, I don't think there is that many options for Michael Peel in terms of selection. Uh, yeah, he could pull a few rabbits out of the hat. He could uh, br- bring in some young players, but for me, I'll be sitting in my uh, seat in the press box, looking down on the pitch, trying to work out the patterns of play, trying to work out the structure, seeing if the club have gone back to this Christmas tree shape that was uh, under Gerard, or if they're going to a uh, more of a four-two-three-one type scenario. It'll be really, really interesting to see exactly how Beal is going to set them up. Now, as I say, the, the injuries are just a, a situation that he's going to have to deal with. But uh, I think there has to be a, a recognition that part of the problem was not Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was hopeless. I think he is a good manager and he showed that in getting the club to the Europa League final. The, the injury situation was, in all seriousness, a very, very difficult thing to deal with. And Michael Beal... Is not Superman. <clears throat> he still has that injury list to deal with. And that is going to be difficult. So I'd maybe slightly say to temper expectations um regarding great uh, alacrity of football, knocking the ball about with purpose, etc. etc. Um, but you never know, it could be a great, a great performance. I just think there's there's not that many options, is there, if you look through that team. I suppose one thing that I would say it'd be very interesting to say for example, if uh, Morelos started, what, what that would tell us. Yeah, um, I would not be surprised one little bit if Antonio Cholak goes back to the kind of role that we thought he was going to be used for, which is kind of the Chris Boyd role under Walter Smith, um, playing against the lesser lights, coming on as a sub, um, You know, the, the, the super sharp finisher that he is. And Alfredo Morelos being brought back in to to help get him into shape, to help get him mentally right. And there's a reversion to Morelos as the main man with Roof coming in or coming off the right. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen personally. Do you think... We're going to do our
0: predicted lineups on the website later, folks, and you'll see what what, what team I'm predicting. It's pretty much a stab in the dark because there is no press conference prior to uh, this match. Um, Can you see Morelos starting, Adam?
1: Yeah, uh, I can. Um, I think uh, contract status aside, I, I'm leaning towards the fact that he, out of the, I was going to say out of the two, but out of the nine that we've, we've got a contract or whatever it is, I, I think Morelos is probably least likely in my mind to to be signing on. It's just a gut a gut feeling, but I don't think Michael Biel is going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think he'll he'll even if he can get, and and we know Morelos is capable of those two three months streaks of form um, I think he'll definitely look to bring him in he he mentioned that he would be keen to add more firepower in the sense of going with the two strikers um, I think we need to be careful with what we say or what we think there, um, it could quite easily mean as Johnny said one of the strikers up top and then Roof playing off, off the, the right sided 10 um, as the option so I could see Morelos play, 100%. Um, He has played with Lyndon Dykes at QPR um, as a sort of big target man. I know Cholak isn't necessarily that. In fact, Morelos is more physical than than Cholak, so um, there's a wee bit of a a debate point there. Um, For me, uh, in terms of of the rest of the team, he's he's mentioned Kamar Roof a lot in that that press conference. Um, Whether he's fit or not is is the eternal debate, Um, but for me, I think we're looking at... um, Kent on the, the left-sided 10, and I don't think there's any doubt he'll bring the, the attackers back in, which I, I think works better for, for us personally. So I think Kent and whoever it is on the right will, will play in closer to, to the number nine. Um, I think it'll be Kent on that side, and then I think it'll either be Roof or Tillman on the other side. Maybe not necessarily for Saturday, but I think as a starting shape moving forward, I think we'll have that. Um, I'll be amazed if Kamara doesn't come back in. Um, I, I think it depends where his head is at, but I think, again, Michael Bale will be look at that and think... If we can't rehabilitate him to a, a, a point where he wants to come in and contribute and stay longer term, then we have to rehabilitate his transfer fee and get his confidence back up, whether that's for a January sale or a, or a summer sale. Um, so I don't think there's any doubt that he'll come back in as well um, on that side. So then you're assuming again that Lundstrom will play too. Um, so it may be that we see... Um, more conservative midfields until Tom Lawrence comes back would be would be my guess. And maybe having like Davis Lindstrom and and Kamara, which might not be ideal. But if the fullbacks are getting a little bit higher, that might work. Um, so I don't think we'll see massive changes to the actual players that are playing. But as Johnny said, it's the shape and it's the control and it's the the organisation, out of possession, but the organisation and defence that I think we'll we'll see. The eternal question, as it always is, is when we do that, will we have enough firepower to go and do what we need to do? Um, I don't think we do, in terms of trusted firepower. um, I think we said that in the summer, we're probably still missing. Um, Someone, uh, if Tom Lawrence is out for however long that is, then that impacts us as well. So that's the eternal debate. I don't doubt that we'll be more solid, we'll look more structured, we'll passing patterns, movement patterns will all be uh, improved on what they were it's just whether we have the, the cutting edge um, in, in the final third so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see Leverkusen are doing okay now under Javi Alonso, I think they won, they've won three and um, drew one of their last five, so in terms of their form mm-hmm. they have improved a fair bit from when they were in the relegation zone uh, six weeks or so ago, um, so it'll be interesting to see also Xavi Alonso coming with that, that sort of passing style that we assume he's He's been using it at Sociedad, etc. I think that'll be quite an interesting matchup. We don't know what type of team they're going to have, obviously. Um, I'm not sure um, what they'll be able to put up, depending on who they had at the World Cup, who's back, etc. So it'll be interesting to see how things go, but I'm not expecting massive um, changes in, in a friendly anyway.
0: Yeah, let's get to some of the comments. Uh, Louise Wise gets in touch. Yifeco uh, mm-hmm. will play left-back tomorrow, I'd imagine. That's a player I forgot to, to mention. He was on the bench, of course, at the tail end of, of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's tenure. I think more to do with the fact that there was no one else uh, available, but it was a good experience for the young lad. I yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, tomorrow at some stage. That's an interesting one as well. We touched on it yesterday, Johnny. I'm interested to get your point, though, Adam, on this from uh, Crypto Knight. Get young McCrory on for a half. Um what do you make of the goalkeeping situation? It's certainly been a topic of debate <laughs> um, when Michael Beale was appointed as to will he stick with Alan McGregor? Will he look to bring in a new goalkeeper in January? Should McCrory get an opportunity? Where do you stand in all that? Yeah, it's an interesting one
1: again. Um, again, we go back to style of play, building out from the back, possession football. Mm. Um, John McLaughlin is more suited to it than Alan McGregor. Um, obviously, there's been mistakes shot stopping, all, all those things that, that we value from a sort of traditional keeper McGregor is is better there under Beal and Gerrard McLaughlin didn't really get a look in I know 55 season he, he came in and he did quite well in terms of rotation options, maybe it'll be something like that maybe they'll, they'll go for for that again Um, I was going to say personally in isolation I'm probably at the stage where I would like someone else so whether that's McCrory coming in um or not. However, in terms of real life, Goldfish Bowl, Glasgow, uh, etc., I'm not sure that statement of let's bring Robbie McCrory in uh, and be the number one keeper for the next six months is really going to fly. So if I was to put my um, mortgage on it, I would say we'd see McGregor um, for the vast majority of the games over the next six months. Yeah, interesting.
0: Uh, Johnny, this point is an interesting one from uh, Andy Mitchell. Uh, It says he'd like to see Lovelace. Uh, He's heard he's he's a handful. It's certainly... Doing well for the for the B team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to, to to see him at some point uh, tomorrow. I think he's still 16, if I'm not not mistaken. Of course, brought up highly rated yep. at Millwall. They were absolutely furious at Rangers uh, pinching him in the summer. Um, can we expect to see him tomorrow, or, or possibly even more so going forward under the, the Michael Beale era?
2: Well, I'm sure he'll be one of the players that Michael Beale has targeted to get into the first team. Uh, set up more significantly. I think he's still been very much a B-team player this season. You've seen him turn out uh, often, and he's been tried, I think, in a number of positions across the front three. They've been working on him quite heavily. Um, The way he dovetails with uh, Robbie Ewer has been a key facet of the way that team's been set up, Uh, coming in off the left, I think, primarily. But he certainly is a guy who can play across the three positions there, and perhaps number nine in the long-term will be his long-term position. But when you've got a big target man and, and that's how they play, mm. um, I think they've they've looked to adapt uh, uh, Lovelace's position and try to get him in positions where he's really close to the striker. Personally, when I've seen him, and I've not seen a lot of him, but I have seen him live, I think, three times now, uh, my observations are that he's not ready. Um he, he I think what you're wanting is you want to see someone who at that level is just dominant and a step above of the players around them. That was the case with Nathan Patterson. You would watch a youth game and you would go, Well, he's clearly the guy that's going to come through this youth setup. Um and you need to be able to do that, I think, at youth level to be able to step up to the big team and, and, and make a huge impact. So I still think he's a little bit undercooked for the first team. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a long situation. Might be that it's this next season. But I'd, I'd be surprised based on what I've seen if if he's thrown into the mix right now. I think there's still a bit of, of development in his game required. I think they still need to find the ideal for the place for him in the team. And I'm not sure um, he would be able to play as the number nine clearly wouldn't be because you've got Cholak, you've got Roof, you've got Manelos in front of him. Is he going to come off the left with Kent there? Don't think so. Is he the answer on the right? I think Michael Beale's going to see uh, Kemar Roof is the answer there. I think is he even at a situation where he could usurp Scott Wright uh, or Rabbi Matondo? At? I'm not sure about that. So I don't mean to... Uh, uh, be downhearted on this he is very talented he's obviously got four appearances in the championship so Millwall clearly thought he was ready to throw in to some challenging situations but uh, I think in the long term and not talking about the game tomorrow I'm talking about the long term I I, I, I think um, he'll be a good player uh, but I don't think he'll be in the Rangers first team um, for, for quite a while yet
0: yeah yeah, so I tend to agree. But um, yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him and others uh, tomorrow. Uh, you mentioned Robbie Uri another one. Um, talk, talks, we believe, uh, on going to extend his contract at Ibrox, um, which is good to see these young lads uh, being signed up uh, long term. Um, okay, folks, I think that will do us there. Thanks to everyone for interacting with the show. We'll finish with this. A bit of positivity from Graham Morrison. He says, morning lads, the Gers are back. Season starts from tomorrow. Let's win the Cups and claw back the league points. That would be a good season in my honest opinion. Absolutely, Graham. Uh, Yeah, Rangers kick off the Michael Beal era against Bayer Leverkusen tomorrow. If you're heading along, then safe travels. Uh, Just a reminder, uh, we've got that Christmas offer on the website. If you haven't taken advantage of it yet, just a pound for two months' worth of content, head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. We'll have all the coverage as usual tomorrow, pre-match stuff, uh, post-match stuff also, so keep your eyes peeled on our website and social media channels for all of that. Thanks to Johnny and for Adam. uh, And I'll be back again on Monday. Uh, Enjoy your weekend, folks.